Welcome, y'all, to the Nuga Bell Show, a podcast all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, the Southern food and lifestyle blogger behind athoughtandahalf.com, based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Nuga Bell Show is a place where people from all walks of life can share their stories of life in the South as they have lived, seen, and experienced it. So pour yourself a glass of sweet tea or a cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of the Nuga Bell Show. Welcome back to the Nuka Bell Show. This is episode seven, and I am super excited to be here with local music sensation Nick Lutzko. Thanks for having me. All right, so take us back to day one. Tell us about the very first band you ever started. Day one, okay. Uh, I actually started playing music. I started playing guitar in elementary school, and I guess you could say I was in a band in middle school. We did talent shows. And we would play like birthday parties and things like that. But we really started taking serious in high school with my band Infinite Orange. And we had a lot of luck right out the gate in booking shows around town. I think just because I had started so young and the guys in my band were really talented. So we were in ninth grade and probably playing at like a 12th grade level. So we, we got like Riverbend and Nightfall and some other good local shows booked right out the gate. And it kind of warped my approach to music for a while because I thought it was like, wow, you just write some songs and show up and then you get paid to play all these cool shows. And I didn't realize that a big part of that was the novelty of us just being so young. And I kind of got a reality check closer to when I graduated high school and went to college. And uh, yeah, the the high school band kind of fizzled out when we all went our separate ways for school. That was pretty much the, the last chapter. And now you're here and you have a band of puppets. That is correct. Yes. I graduated from MTSU with a degree in songwriting. Graduated in 2012 and moved back home. For a couple of years, I tried doing the solo acoustic thing. I recorded an Americana record and produced it myself and traveled all around playing that for a while. You did a full tour for that, didn't you? Yes, yeah. I, I did like a, a two-month-long tour, but it wasn't like consistent touring. It was like, I was really bad at booking the tour. So it'd be like two nights on, three nights off. And it's like... Okay, I'm in New Orleans and have nothing, and I'm in Texas in four nights and don't have anything to do until then. So I spent a lot of time going into like restaurants and bars and other places that would let me play for tips. And I ended up playing it somewhere every night, which was great. But it was a really awesome experience. But the biggest takeaway that I'm, I made on that trip is that you don't need to travel all over the world to like do music or to make fans like you can do it the best place for me i think is right here in my hometown and nurturing my home base which is kind of what i re-strategized and started to do when i got back i i did the i did the folk record i've always loved folk music i love bob dylan and neil young and paul simon and all those guys but i really like playing with a band and so i started with my on my next record I, i used some of the money that i made from that first tour to buy a new recording software and that gave me better capabilities of recording with like a full band dynamic. Yeah, I recorded that record and then put together the band. And um, before we released the record, we shot a music video. And I didn't, I still didn't have a band at that point. What music video was that? It was for a song called Predator. Okay. Yeah, and we, we shot the music video. And since I didn't have a band at the time, we had Hand Puppets be the <laughs> band, the backing band. And I was trying to figure out a way to get the Hand Puppets on stage with me performing for the live show. But couldn't make it work. And then somewhere along the way, we got the idea of actually building full-body homemade puppet costumes. <laughs> and uh, we started doing that. 
2015. I think the first show we did it was my CD release, and people responded to it really well, so we kind of just kept building from there. And I've always loved, I mean, obviously I had the puppets because I built them in college because I loved the Muppets growing up. I've always <laughs> loved all things Jim Henson and Pee Wee's Playhouse and all these just kind of crazy, mm -hmm. absurd shows. And not only was it a cool element of the show, it was also just another form of expression. And uh, we're having a lot of fun like diving into like the theatrics mm -hmm. and the creative aspect of the live show and the visual element. And a lot of my favorite bands have really dive deep into that as well, like Roger Waters and The Wall and Flaming Lips and Of Montreal all put on these crazy shows, and I think we're just trying to follow that path a lot of those guys have set and trying to create just like a all-around spectacle. Yeah, if you've never been to one of Nick's live shows, he has a giant, there's a giant barracuda that you're missing out on if you haven't been to a show. Yeah, and hopefully a lot more like that to come for this new record. We're hoping to get something along the, in the same vein of that for every song. Oh, we're, nice. We're trying to te we're treat each song like it's its own mini production, like it's own ah, mini musical. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, we're really trying to amp things up with the new record. Yeah. And fun fact, I believe one of your puppets is on display at the Creative Discovery Museum? Yes, the first puppet I ever made is at the Creative Discovery Museum for, I think, all of 2018. Oh, nice. And that was uh, really cool and kind of surprising. I don't know how to make, I mean, I make puppets, so obviously I know how, but it's not like I'm a professional puppet maker. I just <laughs> went to Hobby Lobby and bought what I could and got hot glue sticks. And <laughs> if you get up pretty close, you can see all the hot glue globs and fuzz <laughs> falling out, but it gets the job done. Yeah, oh my gosh. All right, so let's touch a little bit on some of your more current projects. So cool. you've got a single that just released recently. Yes, yeah, Grinning Like a Barracuda. It's funny because I recorded that song. Really, it was written because I had seen there was a listing for this company that connects musicians with TV and film companies looking mm -hmm. for specific songs. And then they said that they had wanted an upbeat quirky song in the vein of Talking Heads. Okay. And I had actually written, I didn't write the lyrics to Grinning Like a Barracuda, but I had written that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm like a little goofy vocal uh, on a loop machine, and I was just doing like vocal melodies on top of each other. Pretty much every melody that I recorded on the spot for that song ended up in the finished product, and that was probably 2010 or 2011 when that was created. Oh, wow. So then I kind of recycled that, pulled that out of my back pocket for that TV listing, which was back in 2015. And then I probably didn't start playing with the band until 2016, and now here we are releasing it in 2018. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it has a long lifespan, but I'm excited that it's actually out there in the world and it seems to have a pretty good response. We shot the music video um, about a year ago, about a month before Claire and I got married, and this house was demolished. <laughs> there was food everywhere, there was cables and lights all over the place, but we're happy with the end result, and Claire still married me, so not too much damage done. <laughs> and yeah, for those of y'all listening, I will link that music video in the show notes so y'all can go see it, because yeah. like Nick's stage shows, it is its own theatrical production. Cool, thanks. And a lot of your other videos are more theatrical and like kind of oddball because you've got the one where there's just like hot dogs going everywhere yeah. and yeah we did the we did the hot dog video because the the video I was talking about before with the puppets predator we really went all out and uh, Justin Cipriani is my friend from Knoxville who does all mm -hmm. our video stuff <clears throat> my good friend Harry Oates does some of the other ones too but he's out in California right now but uh, Justin was the one working on the, the predator video and we worked really hard scripting out. The storyline, building sets, uh, it was like a two-day shoot. And it, we got pretty 
it was just pretty involved and pretty intricate all the way around. But as we were planning that whole production, All Shook Up, I won't say it went viral. For me at the time, it was viral. But the song uh, started playing on college radio. We were getting like a lot of attention from it. I was getting a lot of like messages on Facebook saying like, hey, where is the song? Where can I find this song? We kind of realized that we made the mistake. And moving forward with the Predator video, when All Shook Up was getting such a good response right out the gate. So then we were like, well, man, we should have done the music for All Shook Up, but we have this whole thing planned for this other song that won't fit for this. What's something really easy and quick we can do? <laughs> we can go buy 100 hot dogs and just throw them at me for five minutes. So that's how that went. And when we, when we uploaded it, it... Ended up getting like forty thousand views within like twenty four hours. Yeah, it was it, like someone posted on Reddit and it, it oh, did okay. like really well initially. And it's funny because now I think it has like forty five. It plateaued that like, day <laughs> one, day two, something like that. But I was thrilled. It was it was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, um, you have also done a little bit of songwriting work for a company based out of LA. Yes, Super Deluxe. They are a turn broadcasting company. Um, they do a lot of short form entertainment online for basically like viral social media videos, but they're also getting into a lot more like full television shows and Mm -hmm. films and stuff. And, um, basically they, they primarily exist on social, but they are a full blown entertainment company and Mm -hmm. it looks like they're, they're doing pretty cool things. But I started writing songs for them, um, towards the end of 2016 and it's something that's just kind of progressively gotten bigger and cooler along the way. I have a new video coming out tomorrow, which by the time this is being listened to, I'm sure will be old news. But <laughs> it's Kanye West is a Tame Impala song. So oh my that, gosh. You Google that, it should be a good one. Oh, I can't wait. Um, what are some of the other songs you've done for Super Deluxe? The first one we did was called Emo Trump, and it's where uh, Trump was just had an afternoon where he was posting some really moody tweets, <laughs> and my producer said, this sounds like an early 2000s emo song. Uh, have you ever had any experience in that genre? Some details I probably purposely left out that I definitely had my uh, run-in with emo music in middle school. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I had definitely spent some time trying to replicate that that sound. <laughs> so I just kind of had to dig deep into myself and pull that back out. And um, I recorded that first emo Trump song, and it did really well. But it was the, the second one that we did that really... I, I guess you would say went viral. Like mm-hmm. That one has close to, I think, 20 million views across platforms. Oh, wow. And it kind of paved the way for other things. We did like the Alex Jones is a Boney Bear song. That was mm-hmm. a crazy one. That one. I think that's my favorite that you've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's probably the most successful one I've done. It, just because of how he fueled it. I kind of oh, yeah. got into a personal, I wouldn't say feud with Alex Jones, but he was calling me out by name on his show and challenging people to write covers of the song and it just got all of which were terrible <laughs> yeah yeah the whole thing got legs of it of its own turning into this crazy thing and it's a weird experience <laughs> let's do something a little less weird let's play with my jar <laughs> all right cool okay so if you're new to the Nugabell podcast i have this little mason jar that is filled with little questions and conversation starters and it's just a fun little game to play so we'll each draw a few of these and then talk about whatever we get. So by a few, you mean like three? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my first one, during football season, you'll hear me cheering for my Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokey, 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 high. Nice. Okay. One southern city I'm just dying to explore. Oh, wow. This really put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, can I phone a friend? <laughs> Claire, Claire is the, she plans all of our travels. 
we love Asheville. I'm always looking for a reason to get back there. Yeah, Asheville's fun. I'm trying to think of a place that I haven't been that I'm, I'm wanting to get to. What is the place where they do the, they dye the rivers green during St. Patty's? Savannah? Is it Savannah? Yeah, Georgia? they have the big uh, yeah. St. Patrick's Day Festival. I hear that's a really fun city. Yeah, Savannah's so super fun. maybe that's where we need to go explore. <laughs> um, <laughs> discuss sugar and grits or grits in general. I have never tried sugar and grits, and to me that just seems kind of unnatural because yeah. I've always had them made with like milk and cheese and more salty, and I don't really understand why you would put sugar in something like that. Yeah, so I've never been a grits person, believe it or not. I think when I was younger, I think maybe so much didn't prepare it right. Like, I don't think it had any cheese or salt or anything in it, and I just, like, thought it was gross. But yeah. since I've gotten older, I've tried shrimp and grits, and mm-hmm. I loved it. And what's actually funny, my grandmother, my Mima, mm-hmm. <laughs> used to make cream of wheat. You know what cream of wheat is? I do. It, to me, it just seems like grits with sugar. It, I mean, yeah. is that what, I mean, so I think. Probably a bit more grainy, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't had it in a really long time. That Just because I, that was like a staple of when I visit her, I would eat that, so it doesn't seem that outlandish to me. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, my best celebrity sightings or encounter was, okay, probably the best one was in college. This was shortly after Mumford & Sons had released their first album mm-hmm. and was becoming really successful. I was working on some kind of music project and I just bought like some Red Bulls and was planning on staying up really late and my friend came into the room and was like, hey, uh, Mumford and Sons is playing at a house party downtown Nashville. We're going to go if you want to come. And Claire and I had just seen him a month earlier mm-hmm. in Nashville and it was a sold out show and we had to buy tickets on Craigslist for like $200 or oh something ridiculous. Gosh. It was like a $25 show. So yeah. immediately I was like, hey, no they're not. <laughs> I just saw them last month. They were just here last month, and like they're not gonna be playing a house show. Like, right. Like this, that doesn't make sense. And he's like, "All right, whatever. Well, that's what they said. I'm gonna go." And then I thought for a second. I was like, "Well, I would rather go and be mad that they're not there than not go and then find out they mm-hmm. were there." So I go with them to this house party thing, and sure enough, right when we pull in, the first person I see is Marcus Mumford and Jake Gyllenhaal hanging out by a tree and having a conversation. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. And it was all hipsters, like, less than 100 people, and no one's, like, acknowledging that they're there. Like, I'm the one obnoxious dude that walked up and was like, oh, hey, what are you guys doing here? Why, why? And um, Claire loved Mumford and Sons at the time. And I still, I bought, a, I bought a poster when we saw them, and I had it in the back of my car. So I ran back to my car and grabbed it, just had a poster on hand. I was like, hey, will you guys sign this? And they all signed the poster. And um, I asked... Claire really wanted to talk to one of them on the phone. So I am walk up to Marcus Mumford right after he signs the poster, and I'm like, my Claire, my, my Claire, my, my girlfriend at the time is a massive fan and would really love to talk to you if you wouldn't mind just saying, hey, you're on the phone. And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. And so I call Claire, and she doesn't answer. And then it's just like we're kind of awkwardly standing there. And it's like, okay, I promise she'll call back. She's really excited. Mm-hmm. And he was like super sweet, very cool. And uh, there's like kind of like a crowd of people by this point. And Claire calls back. And as she's calling back, he walks away. He walks like oh, no. out of there. So then I don't even like say hey to Claire. Before I answer, I look to Jake Gyllenhaal and I was like, hey, my girlfriend's on the phone. Would you mind saying hello to her? And so he was like, okay, what's her name? 
I say, her name's Claire. And he goes, okay. And he takes the phone and he answers and he says, hey, Claire, this is Jake. <laughs> so casual. Yeah. And then there's just like a couple seconds of silence. And then he just kind of like smiles and shakes his head and turns to the banjo player from Unfruit and Sons. And is like, I think she wants to talk to you, man. And, he <laughs> and then just walks away. So then when I got the phone back, I was like, what did you say? That was Jake Gyllenhaal. What did you say to him? He's like, oh, I thought he was from Mumford and Sons. I just told him how much I loved his music <laughs> and how exciting it was to be talking to him. I was Aww. like, oh, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know. He didn't seem too upset about it. But oh, bless Claire. No, that's her. That was probably longer than the needed. Oh, no, it's perfect. Okay, mine just says, said no Southerner ever. I'll take my tea unsweet, said no Southerner ever. Nice. Or I drive good in the snow. No Southerner drives good in the snow. Yeah, I don't drive in the snow. Mainly because it doesn't snow. Okay, the thing that excites me most about spring in the South is, uh, man, it's pretty obvious, but the weather, even though it is spring in the South and it's still cold. Actually, today it was warmer, which is It nice. was, yeah. I usually don't mind the winter, but this year I'm look, really looking forward to it being warmer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and swimming and... Cookouts. Yep, all that good stuff. All that fun stuff. All right, that was fun. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And as I've said, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to talk about on the Nougabelle podcast, leave it in a review and I'll add it to the jar. All right. So let's shift gears, shift back here, and let's talk about the Chattanooga music scene. So you've been here for, you grew up in the area, so you've yeah. seen the Chattanooga music scene evolve over, what, 10, 15 years? Probably, yeah. I would say when I was playing in high school, I was not a part of any kind of scene and I don't know if that's because it wasn't as I, I, I know it wasn't what it is today but I don't know how much of one there actually was like I remember right. hearing about like Up With The Joneses were like the band and Malele Roots and a handful of other guys but I don't remember any real sense of community but I think that could have been my I wasn't looking for it I was kind right. of all about myself at the time and just you know kind of oblivious to how things worked <laughs> but um, even since I came home it was December 2012, so really 2013. That's been five years. It's grown so much. Mm -hmm. Like, they have so many, not even just nonprofits, but they have, like, Soundcore, and they have Chattanooga Fun, and there's just so many great people, like WUTC and Barry Court of Times Free Press, that just really are always putting local artists on a platform. Mm -hmm. And I think it's inevitable that it's just going to keep building and building until it just kind of boils over. And I think it even is starting to a little bit. There's just mm -hmm. a lot of... Uh, Johnny Balick is getting like millions of streams across platforms online. And I, I feel like every day some new artist that I'd never heard of yesterday mm -hmm. is now like blowing up somewhere else. So it's really cool. And I, I'm excited about the people coming up that will have the resources that I didn't have when yeah. I was first starting. Yeah. And like you said, there's Soundcore that are just this. Yeah. Soundcore is like helping push those and give them the resources to like do what they want to do and um so yeah you touched on this a little bit but what do you think is the future of Chattanooga's music scene like where do you see like certain genres popping up because last year we had the first ever like hip-hop festival in Chattanooga right. yeah that's one of the things that I think and I'm, I'm sure this applies to all cities but I do feel like you think Nashville and you immediately think like country mm -hmm. or Atlanta, I tend to think more hip-hop, pop. Right. Uh, Memphis, maybe, I think, like, blues and mm -hmm. Elvis. And, like, Chattanooga, I really feel like is a melting pot. There's just mm -hmm. so... All of the best artists are so different from each other. It's not like there's just, like, one thing 
and like I've, they're great hip hop artists. They're great songwriters. They're great blues guitarists. They're great. You know, what I mean, there's just like any mm-hmm. really any kind of genre, any kind of music you you can find like top notch mm-hmm. players. And um, I don't know, I, like I, my approach to music is in this in a similar way in that like I'm never trying to write or I'm not trying to be a funk artist or a blues artist or a folk mm-hmm. artist. It's like I'm trying to write a good song. And right whatever that song calls for is kind of what follows. So it, mm-hmm. it feels right, like, living I here. wish more musicians approached music that way. Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword because I find I can be accessible to a lot of people because, like, everyone will have a song that they like mm-hmm. a lot because I kind of cover a lot of bases, but then they might not like... You know what I mean? Like, right. if, if they come to a show, they might like a third of the set and might not be into some other ones but I feel like a lot of my artists favorite artists did the same kind of thing and I think if you like good music hopefully you'll enjoy my stuff that's my that's my goal (laughs) that's that's a good goal to have yeah so I mentioned earlier you played a lot of local events the St. Patty's on the Parkway Road to Nightfall uh you did a big New Year's Eve show you've done Halloween shows in the past what is your favorite thing about doing shows like that Man, so the, I think the thing that really kicked off us trying to make the shows bigger than just your average show was when we run, one Road to Nightfall, we knew that we had to raise the stakes for the actual mm-hmm. Nightfall performance. So what is Road to Nightfall? For those of y'all that don't know, Nightfall is a weekly concert series that we have in Chattanooga. Uh, largely over the summer, it's free to attend, yeah. and there's just different, there's an opener act every night and a headliner every night. Right. And, the, and it has a built-in audience of a few thousand people that come out every night. So it's a really big deal for a local artist to get in front of that crowd. We, uh, yeah, they do this Road to Nightfall competition where they have, I can't, I think it's about 35 bands compete mm-hmm. over a span of a few weekends. And I think it's like seven bands a night. Mm-hmm. And then the winner of those seven nights, however many nights, five nights, mm-hmm. uh, compete in a big final round. And the yep. winner of that... Um, they have a lot of cool prizes. They uh, Nightfall, headlining that is obviously the biggest prize, but they also have studio time. They give away a free custom guitar every year. They give away cash prizes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, and it's an awesome resource for um, musicians to meet other local musicians yeah. and like network. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. They just they just finished up this year's yeah. the other day. I think Hive Theory won this year. Yeah, Hive yep. Theory won. I, saw, I didn't get to make it out, but I saw the live stream, and they put on a really good show, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we for Nightfall, we really wanted to take things up a notch. We planned this big, massive parade that was a lot of fun. We got a lot of, like, we had Subterranean Circus, which is, like, a local sideshow mm-hmm. troupe. They they were a part of the parade. We had uh, art cars and art bikes mm-hmm. from, oh, man, is it Art 22? I can't remember. Um, I feel bad. Maybe Arts Build or something Arts like build. that. Arts yeah, Build, yeah, yeah. They had some art cars and art bikes, and we had, we made, like, uh, you actually helped us out. We made like 250 sock puppets. I still have a scar on my finger from oh, yeah. getting burned with a hot glue gun trying to make sock puppets. Yeah. yeah but funny. true story, we had a big tent set up with 250 pairs of socks or maybe just 250 socks. I don't remember. There was a lot of socks. Yeah. And then like googly eyes and pipe cleaners <laughs> and felt squares and the kids loved it. Like I don't think yeah. anyone was expecting it to run out as fast as it did. It, it, yeah, it ran out like the first 20, 30 minutes of the set, right? I think I remember... Uh, I think we ran out before y'all even started playing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. because like there were kids waiting in line. That, that was the thing that night was right. all the kids wanted a sock puppet. Yeah, we, we, we worked really hard. We had a 
like a bunch of nights at the Eddie building working on building puppets mm-hmm. for the parade and having meetings. We had Chattanooga Fire Cabaret was involved. I feel bad for you, I'm forgetting, but there's literally so many people got involved. It was so cool. Um, but that was like, I feel like kind of established, you know, our approach to these live mm-hmm. shows. And something that I always try to do is make every show a little bit bigger and different from the one before. Just mm-hmm. keep people interested and in wanting to always come out and see what we work up. Right. And I think we really shot ourselves in the foot with that one just because it was such a big production. <laughs> and I'm constantly trying to raise that bar. When uh, we're kind of, we did New Year's and that was a lot of fun, but we're kind of taking it easy and I'm focusing on writing and recording a lot right now until I have another record ready this summer and then we're going to try to plan a really big show for probably early August or late July. Awesome. As like a release party? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. The Barracuda going to come back? Yes, the Barracuda will be there yes. and hopefully a lot of other new friends will be there as well. Nice. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Uh, so yeah, um, let's talk about this album you're working on a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't know how much you want to talk about it. No, but I'm, I'm good to talk as much as you want. Yeah, like. let's give give us a little bit of an insight of like what inspired it, kind of the direction you're songwriting in. Yeah, so one thing that's kind of interesting is I'm, I'm shooting for 11 songs and right now we have seven finished. Okay. And three others in the works. Like mm-hmm. we're, it's getting close. But um, the band knows about half of them, and we're rehearsing everything. And we started realizing all of these songs start with the letter S, and it wasn't intentional. And it was really <laughs> confusing. It's like, all right, we're going to, like, the songs are called Stairwell, Sideshow, Superior, Salt, Shakedown, Straightjacket. And it was like, after a while, I started keeping the trend going. But the first four or five were just like, this is really random that yeah. I keep accidentally making these songs that are about S words. And um, my drummer had the idea to name the album Swords because S words, S words, Swords. Oh, so um, and I really that's like, clever. Yeah, I like that a lot. So that's what made me kind of commit to the S words. So now I'm trying to do a full album of S words, which really doesn't have any big meaning behind it. I think <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing. Yeah, the songs uh, I think are derived from. It's funny because Grinning Like a Barracuda is such a happy, upbeat song, and mm-hmm. I feel like these songs, I, would, I, I won't say they're dark, but they're definitely a little bit darker, and I think it's just more, I started writing a lot of these songs around the time of, like, election season, oh, and I yeah. feel like everything's just a little bit more, like, focused on, like, society and politics mm-hmm. and technology, and just more, like, it's funny, I feel like my approach to songwriting, I really, you know, I just got married last year, I'm happily married, and we're having the time of our lives and I like have to like go out of my way to find things to get fired up about things right you know what I mean and yeah. I feel like anytime I get on Twitter it's like I mm-hmm. find something you know what I mean social so, media in general yeah exactly so um my love-hate relationship with my career <laughs> yeah yeah I hear that um so yeah that's kind of the direction things are headed that's awesome yeah I'm super excited to hear this and so you said aiming for like a summer release I hope so yeah there's a lot of different there's a lot of things involved in that. Like I'm, I'm writing all the songs and I'm also producing everything. I'm recording everything here, but it's not like I finish writing and producing the song that it's done. I have a really unique approach to writing that I think is different than a lot of other bands because most songwriters will write a song, teach to their band, get the band in a studio and record the song. Mm-hmm. And I actually record the full song, give the song to the band, they learn it. And then we all are, uh, Eric and my bassist and Adam, my drummer, are both also um, engineers and have the same recording software as I do. Oh, so okay. I can send them the project file and they can tweak their parts and do what they need to do mm-hmm. in the song. And then Adam um, actually is mixing everything. So he's kind of taking what I'm cool. doing and kicking everything up a notch because he's a much better engineer than I am. 
Then from there, we're going to utilize the library and um, record the horns and xylophone. Our newest member, awesome. John Elliott, is playing saxophone. He's going to help arrange some horn parts. And my little brother, Jacob, is playing xylophone, and he'll um, we'll track some of his stuff there. Oh, awesome. So this one's a lot more collaborative than the last one, obviously, um, where I just did everything myself and put it <laughs> out there. Um, Talk about a sense of hustle there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work, and that's my. I'm hoping that we'll be able to get it done in time. There's a lot of things that, but I think we're all pretty enthusiastic about. Yeah, trying um, to get something else this summer. Yeah, the the horns were a new addition to your New Year's Eve show, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The New Year's Eve show that was one of your other production type shows, and I'm excited to see what you and the band put together in 2018. Well, thank you so much. Are there um, any more pu new puppets that are yeah, coming out? Yeah, we actually. That's um. I initially built the, you know, I made the puppets for the music video, and I, I made Greasy Rick's costume, but well, Greasy, Greasy Rick is my bassist pseudonym, but um, he took it and, like, totally turned it into, a, like, it, mine was covered in hot glue and, like, <laughs> Sharpie, and then he made it look like a creature, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then uh, Claire and I and her mom worked on the original drummer's puppet, Big Raj, but with, with these new guys, the, new, the two newest costumes for my younger brother and my drummer, we wanted to get a professional to mm -hmm. do it. And um, so we, we reached out to local artist Tony Mraz, who built the Barracuda. Oh, okay. And he did the two newest costumes, and now he's actually, we just took him the supplies. He's working on John's newest costume. Oh, um, so, And actually, we, we, we're working on, we're, we have new music videos that we're also working on, on top yes. of the album, and we're trying to build more costumes for that, and even maybe get... Miss Karen, our merch gal, uh, Eric's wife, and my wife Claire wearing some costumes at the merch booth. Oh man, so, yeah. Claire, I can't wait to see you dressed up like this. Oh. Uh, she <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, her stuff is coming in tomorrow. She's actually going to try to work on her. She's really oh, I'm excited. so excited. She wants to be a bird creature. Oh, I can, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap this up here. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Any shows coming up you wanted to throw out there? No, no shows. Um, obviously, the CD release later this summer will be great. And uh, check out Green and Like Barracuda music video if you haven't yet. And also uh, Kanye West as a Tame Impala song with Super Deluxe. That should be coming out March 29th. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will put all your social handles in the show notes so everyone awesome. can go follow you and see everything else that you're doing. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. This has been episode seven of the Nuga Bell podcast. Thanks so much for listening.